Blog Talk Radio. My guests can maybe help me the, to the restart of what was the winter circle. I, this is Jean Lynn <laughs> and I am your host and I took a little bit of break from podcasting. Uh, I love it so much and I love connecting with people, but, but life just got a little bit in the way. And so I am sitting here uh, and so thankful for my very first guest on this redo of the podcast because uh, we are working with some all new amazing technology that I wasn't familiar with. So I am just so happy to be here today and I'm just going to go right into welcoming my guest because I wouldn't be podcasting at all if it wasn't for my amazing guest Linda Kozar. Linda, welcome so much to the Winter Circle today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Now, let's talk, I'm so glad. I was, yeah, I was trying to think how we got connected on this. Do you remember? Oh gosh, how we got to know each other. I'm I'm thinking back. I How did we get to know each other? Was it just <laughs> on social media? It might have been Amer- American Well, yeah, it might have been American Christian Fiction Writers Conference. Um you know, I'm a publicist in the spirit of full disclosure. I'm a publicist and I work primarily mm-hmm. with books and I have worked primarily with um, Christian uh, fiction books. Uh, we now actually work with a lot of nonfiction too. So it's kind of all brought it out, but I initially did a lot of fiction work and I think I'm pretty sure I know we have a lot of mutual friends. Um, yeah. You know, like Kathleen, your Barbara Turner and, Janice Thompson and some wonderful people like that. So we have a lot mm-hmm. of mutual uh, friends. And then I don't know how you ended up kind of tapping me. Um, <laughs> you know, I podcast. wish I remembered. I know. Why don't <laughs> of us remember that? Because I feel like I've known you forever now. So it's Aww. like, well, when did we meet? Uh, I don't know. I feel like I've known her a long time. <laughs> well, and we, my husband and I have been involved in ACFW for many years. We actually... Um, take part in the conferences. If if um, anybody goes to the the Carol Awards, they will hear my husband's voice because he does the yes. live announcements. Yes, and then I'm the he's one really at- good at, at the voice the voice you know for that. I mean, he's really amazing. You know what? Yeah. He really does a good job, and he really enjoys it. And um, you know, he's just one of those people that that's just kind of his thing. He he loves doing it, and we love. We love ACFW, and and I do appointments while I'm there. So I do, um, if people sign up for, I think I fall under the specialty categories, and I do the, you know, the 15-minute appointments that you're able to get. And so we just kind of go and have a great time and help out wherever we can. And so um, what I really love about this, Linda, is – that we kind of don't remember how it happened. It just kind of happened and it's all been really organic. <laughs> and you also, uh, you also have been um, on our radio show, when in the morning and talking about the yeah. book we're about to talk about. Um, I'm excited about this book because I happen to love this format so much because in a busy world, um, and a world where people really need encouragement, and and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about why uh, these types of books make make such great gifts. But your latest book is, which just came out from Dayspring, is called Biscuits, Butter, and Blessings: Farm Fresh Devotions for Hope and Comfort. Um, tell us a little bit about the new book and how it's all going, and and why devotionals. Um, okay, 
Well, uh, the new book, uh, Biscuits, Butter, and Blessings, um, you don't have to live on a farm to appreciate this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it does help if you do like biscuits because there are some fabulous (laughs) recipes in there (laughs) and some wonderful um, spreads, you know, for those biscuits. And I'm a big fan of them. You know, yeah, um, but you know, Dayspring always does a fabulous gift book. I mean, they spare no expense. Um, mm-hmm. These books are, are very rich looking and feeling. The covers, you know, it's a, it's a hard cover, and there's a beautiful um, satin ribbon to mark your place. There's a there's a little page um, that you know it truly is a gift book because you can put two from and then the date you gave it to someone i mean which is which is fabulous you know and every page is just beautifully done it reminds me of old books that used to be in my mom's you know our personal library she used to have these beautiful old books and it just reminds me of that in a lot of ways they just go all out so I appreciate yes, that. They really do. Um, and, and I think I've told you my first job, the reason I'm in publishing really yes. is because of Dayspring. Yeah. I worked at Dayspring like from 1986 to 1989. And uh, I love that company so much. And you won't find a better company. It's kind of just down in the hills of Arkansas, too. It's in a beautiful place. But uh, because we're doing audio and I don't have um, – I'm not doing video. I'm doing audio. I The cover is amazing to me because it's gingham. Mm-hmm. It's green gingham, which, you know, everybody knows gingham is, gingham is a classic. And um, yes. and then it has, of course, the biscuits, butter, and blessings um, in the – it kind of looks like it's laid over a wood tray. Um, mm-hmm. And this is a 90-day devotional, which actually it's a third continuation um, to two other books that have done very well for you. Talk a little about yeah. the first two, Grits to Grace and also Sweet Tea. Talk a little bit about those two books too. Well, um, the first book, Grits to Grace, they did in-house, and um, and they were looking for an author to do the others, you know, kind of a mm-hmm. uh, something a little different, but, you know, a continuation, but maybe taking it a little farther. And um, and I think my style is to take interesting things in life, life applications, you know, the mm-hmm. things that I see from the Bible and pair them up with something else, you know. Yeah, and, right. um, and so that's, that's really what I do in my morning time with God. You know, I'm always uh, going through the Bible and just writing down interesting things, you know, as I read because I'm right. just – that's my thing. That's what I do. I love spending time with the Lord. And, uh, and so when I pair them together, uh, I, you know, when you, when you read um, these devotions, there's going to be something interesting, you know, Mm -hmm. as well as scriptural, you know, but sort of like tying the two together in unusual ways or funny ways sometimes, you know, Um, uh, well, for instance, for instance, um, I did one, Let's see, I did a devotion on mistakes that were made, you know, and there was a Bible that was printed up uh, in Old England, and they made, um, they really messed up on the Ten Commandments. They, uh, you know, it said, thou shalt commit adultery instead of thou shalt oh. not. <laughs> <laughs> Little typo. And I, yes. And I, you know, and I talked about the Academy Awards when they announced someone wrong. I mean, and you know, different various things through history, how NASA actually um, erased tapes of the, f- the first moon landing because they were trying to save some money oh, and they were no. going to reuse some tapes. So those got thrown in there too. So, you know, uh, yeah, life applications, things that are interesting that you can also apply to your circumstance today. And so yeah. that's basically what I do. And I want people to know that are listening that um, – you know, because we have a lot of people that listen. We have writers and we have just, you know, we have readers and writers and all kinds of people. And I want them to know that there are 90 of these. So Linda <laughs> has written every, every single one of them, all 90. And uh, so Linda, how do you do it? Do you, do you break it down and say, okay, I'm going to write this many a day because I know what I have to get to for my deadline. Um, I happen to know, I have mm-hmm. a feeling, because you're a, a novelist, 
that you're working on more than one book maybe at once. Mm-hmm. So and how do you break the it's, how do you break the devo down? Do you go okay? I'm going to write five a day, ten a day until it's done. I'm just how do you do that? Because you also, in addition to writing them, you obviously have to have the inspiration for them, and you have to sort of follow a theme. Well, yes, and I, you know, I don't want to sacrifice um, quality over quantity. I want mm-hmm. every devotion to mean something. So I sure. take a lot. I take time with them, and you right. know, and I want to make sure that it it really touches someone's heart. You know, so. I, I am not the kind of writer who can just churn stuff out. I just can't. That's not who I am. You know, if right. I do um, two two books a year, that's perfect for me. You know, I can push it maybe and do a few a little bit more, but that's about all I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah, so, we're working uh, with a de- we're but, working with a debut author right now, and she has her book launches like in November, and then she's realizing that once she kind of gets to that launch that it's not going to be all that long till she's on a crunch time for the next book. Oh, yeah. And and you have to portion everything out. Like I'll say, all right, if I do two to five devotions a day, that's five would be max. Some days you're only going to do two, you know. And uh, But if I portion it out that way, I usually finish a week or two ahead of my deadline, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. as long as I stick to that. And I'm – You know, to me, deadlines are very important because everybody else is depending on you. The salespeople, you know, the stores, you know, the launch dates, everything. Sure. Um, And so when you mess up with that, you know, you don't, it doesn't, um, it kind of sullies your name as an author. And plus, you disappoint a lot of people in the chain. Right. You know, so you can't do that. Now, you talk about, um, I'm looking at actually the book and and information on the book, and it it says that, that uh, each one begins with a thoughtful or witty title, a scripture, a, a, an inspirational story or thought, a faith check takeaway. Tell us what a faith check takeaway is. <laughs> um, well, it, it usually the, the faith check kind of just, um, it kind of summarizes what the main thought is. In, in the devotion, and like it ties mm. everything together. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's um, something good to walk away with, a thought that, oh, okay, that's how all this comes together, and okay, I can apply that to my life today, you know. Right. And then there's right. usually a quote, either a thought-provoking quote underneath that or something a little funny, you know, because right. I'm all about funny. And yeah. <laughs> but, you know, they, they're different every day, so, you know. It's it's going to be a different thought for every day. Well, you know what? I, one of the thing I re, one of the things I really like about devotionals is that they're they make the best gifts because um, mm. you know if you're going to you know if you're going to dinner at someone's house and you want to take just a little hostess gift and I know that you know what honestly yeah. hostess gifts have kind of become a thing of the a lot of people don't do hostess gifts anymore. But I love doing a little I know. Me too. And, I can't I can't uh, go without one. No. Yeah, just something. You know, and I just think that these make the best gifts like that because you know what? You don't have to be in a certain spiritual place or you know, Mm-mm. you could be talking to God and really close to God or you might be not talking to God right now. You know, sometimes people get in that time of life and they're just having a difficult time and and you can be kind yeah. of all over the map and still really love a devotional. And it will oftentimes center your thoughts and really bring you home, don't you think? Oh, I think so. You know, there are times when we all sort of um, get caught up in our schedules or whatever, and we kind of, we're not reading God's word. We kind of wander off. Mm-hmm. And those are the times when I realize, uh-oh, you know, it's time to get into uh, a good devotional and read scripture. But I also turn on praise music because for me, that kind yeah. of like snaps me back along with reading, you know, right. hearing the word and, right. you know, speaking it and reading, you know, all those things. So um, I would recommend doing all three. 
Now, um, if you want to, we're going we're gonna to keep talking to Linda for a little while, but I don't want to forget to tell you where to get the book. You can get the book anywhere fine books are sold. Um, you know, uh, if, you're, if you're going in a bookstore or if you're ordering it online, you can get it um, anywhere like that. The book is Biscuits, Butter, and Blessings. And um, it actually is available right now. Um, it's from Dayspring, so you want to remember that, Dayspring. And um, we want you to make sure uh, that you pick it up. It's just a great gift or a book for anything. I mean, you know, sometimes you just know somebody's having a hard day. I tell you who would really love this book, Linda? Teachers. <laughs> oh, Going yeah. back to school. They need a lot of inspiration. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And, uh, and you know easy, what I find? You know, <laughs> no, it's not Being easy. a teacher, yeah. Mm-mm. No. And, you know, you could package it with like a little, I mean, I know that there are some really yummy biscuit mixes. Um, and oh. so you could package it with a biscuit mix and a little candle, have a little package. Well, you know, we were talking about biscuits the other day, how we're just, we're crazy about biscuits. So, so yeah, anytime biscuit is part of a gift, <laughs> yeah. And I happen to be married to a man that makes the most amazing he really does make really oh. good biscuits. He makes what they call angel biscuits. There's nothing biscuits. better than you wake up on a, a Sunday morning <laughs> before church and you right. smell biscuits. That's right. Uh, I That's mean, right. come on. I like that better than bacon. <laughs> I'd rather smell biscuits. <laughs> well, yeah, it's all about, it's kind of about, the, it is kind of about the carbohydrate. Let's just be honest, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely. Well, I'm, I'm excited to have you here and talk a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit about um I think one of the things that I've noticed since I've been involved with writers and authors, which has been basically since 1989, that's a long time, right? Um, is how supportive the community of writers is. Let's talk a little bit, Linda, about that community that you have around you and how it enhances your writing and just blesses your life. Brag a little bit about your crew that you have around you. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, um, when I started trying to <laughs> trying to write <laughs> professionally, um, I think it was back in 2005, and a friend and I started Words for the Journey writing group. And we really, you know, besides college, we really didn't know what we were doing. And newspaper, I wrote for newspapers and stuff. But um, you learn when you're around other writers and you're critiquing each other's work. Uh, and then, you know, later on, after I got published, I started uh, the Woodlands chapter of um, Writers on the Storm, the Woodlands chapter of ACFW. And mm-hmm. so we've been around since 2007. Um, and I can't tell you how important that is to have other writers around you. And it's such a solitary profession that when you get around other writers, you can talk about things and you can encourage one another and help one another, too. Uh, especially in um, Christian inspirational, it seems like everybody's so helpful. You know, we're not competing so much. We're helping one another. And that's such a blessing. It really is. I, I think people may not quite understand why it wouldn't be competitive, why it wouldn't be a competitive environment. Why wouldn't you compete against each other? Well, because, you know, there's room enough. There's room enough. If God is blessing someone else, you need to be happy for them. I'm not saying everybody's like that. Some people are not. <laughs> but, you know, you know that there's room enough um, at your daddy's feet. You know, you're sitting by the throne uh, playing jacks or whatever. <laughs> sure. your daddy's, there's room enough in God's heart for everyone. And he, you know, you need to be happy when someone else is blessed, and hopefully they'll be happy for you. And, um, and it's just a different spirit. You know, uh, it's not so much competition because you know that we're all doing the same work. We're all getting God's word out there. And that's well, and I always thing. say that, you know, that's, it is the important thing. And it's like I always tell uh, writers, I try to encourage them whenever I speak to them that, you know what, uh, if God has called you to write, it's your, it's your voice and nobody else has your voice or your lens. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, so there Everybody is has their own. Yeah, and nobody can do your job. You know, nobody can take your place because God has appointed that to you. And so, 
you know, you just have to look at it that way. And a lot of writers have been frustrated not, you know, because they were not able to get published, um, you know, with a traditional publishing house. But I say if you are determined enough and, you know, humble enough, you know, uh, that eventually God will get you there. If he wants you there, he's going to get you there. You can't do it, but he'll do it. Right. And But there's right. a, a lot of people who think if you bash others or you say God's not fair or blah, 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 well, then, you know, that's really not going to happen. You have to change your attitude and you have to just do what God called you to do and let him take care of the other part because he will. Right. I think there, mm-hmm. there's a there's a famous quote, and I don't know who said it. I'll have to look it up because I know that it came from somewhere and not from me, but you really do have to write for your, I mean, obviously the glory of God, but you really do have to write for yourself, don't you? Yeah. I mean, you can't say, oh, they're selling this type of book, you know, uh, historic mysteries are selling now, so I'll write a mystery or, you know, right. because by the time you do that, the trend has already passed. <laughs> um and besides, maybe you have no business writing that sort of thing. You have to write what God called you to write. So do you mm-hmm. remember the year, I'm sure you do, the year that you published your very first book? Mm-hmm. It was in 2008, and um, I, was, I was very um, – I was at that frustrated point where a lot of writers are, and mm-hmm. I just was praying to God, and I said, Lord, um, Lord, I just – I just mean this from the bottom of my heart. I, I ask that you either get me published or take away this desire to write for me because I'm not oh. happy. And oh, wow. Yeah, so I just put it out there. Very next day, I mean the very next day, um, I got offered a contract. Wow. So God, God made his uh, uh, intentions quite clear, you know, but I just, I, you know, I just laid it out there because, you know, I was not happy. I was like, I, I just can't keep striving this way. And and a lot of writers just keep striving and striving uh, mm-hmm. when God wants you to trust him. Well, sometimes you and sort that, of wonder, there's so much striving that it's kind of mm-hmm. easy. You can kind of make that into an idol, can't you? Oh, yes. Yeah, I mean, you have uh, ideas that, you know, I want to be a famous published author and, um, and I'll I'll be rich, which is, you know, that's kind of funny as <laughs> well, because we all have these expectations that unless you're, you know, unless you're number one on the best, oh, unless your name is like James Patterson. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, you know, most of us, we can eke out a, a living, you know, we, we can do pretty well, but um, maybe you won't. I mean, don't quit your day job. This is something right. that you have to look at it that way. And if God chooses to change that around and make it, you know, something much different for you, well, that's up to him. Right. But right. you do exactly. it for the love of doing it and of the craft and, and doing what God called you to do. Yeah. So, so. you, uh, since you wrote your first book in 2008, and now we are in, believe it or not, 2018, what changes have you seen in in how this how this all works? What changes have you seen? Um, it seems like it's become a little more complicated, hasn't it? Well, it has, but you know what? Other people can um, can look at it and and uh, say, well, look back and say, oh, I wish things were the way they used to be, but I don't <laughs> see it that way. I look at, at our situation now for authors mm-hmm. and say this is the best time ever for us because we have more opportunity to get things out there, you know, uh, more more chances and more you know, you can be um, a hybrid author and, and have indie and traditional books published, like I do. You can just right. be an indie author. You can still, you know, traditional, haven't gone anywhere. It's still there. It's harder to get contracts, but you can still, you know, they can still be had. Um, so for me, it's about opportunity. And I saw this coming a long time ago. I used to have mm-hmm. a Meet the Christian Authors Night, and I invite, I remember I, I had 50 authors, and some of them, God forbid, were indie authors. There were about three of them I invited. And traditional authors didn't want to sit next to them because they they were tainted to them or they were just like social lepers. And and I just thought, I mean, like I saw it coming. I knew what was going right. to happen. I right. Mean, and um, 
apparently they didn't. <laughs> so, so, all right. Tell me a little bit if you can share what what are you working on right now? Um, right now, I'm writing um, the last book in a mystery series that I started in 2008. Um, I, it's called Custard's Last Stand. Oh. And um, it's the last book in the mystery series, and, and it's a funny, kind of rollicking um, series of two women named Sue Jan and Lovita, and they own a beauty, stock, beauty shop in a little town called Wachita in, um, <laughs> in Texas, and their beauty salon is called The Crown of Glory, um, but it was called Lovita's Cut and Strut before that. <laughs> the Crown of Glory. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and it's like all these mysteries happen in the small town. And I mean, I've got misfortune cookies, a tisket, a casket, dead as a doornail. That wasn't chicken, which is one of my favorites. Um, Weighty manners, and then custard. <laughs> that, wasn't, that wasn't. And chicken. I did a, a a little one, a Christmas one called felony fruitcake, because I thought, what if someone got killed by a fruitcake? Because that's like Let's, a brick. Yeah, <laughs> it is like it. They are like a brick. Uh, uh, actually, actually, I've kept them from year to year to re-give as like a, a kind of um, you know funny gifts. Uh, yes. So, how do people get how do people get those books from you? Oh, they're on Amazon, and uh, awesome. they're on all the other channels too, where you buy anything, Apple, you name it. Awesome. Yeah. So you could just go to Amazon and look up Linda Kozar, and you'll find a whole list of books uh, that she has mm-hmm. written. Um, and obviously, Biscuits, Butter, and Blessings is the newest one. It just released, what, last week, Linda? Was that last week? Um, August <laughs> um, 6th. Yeah, so uh, time, the month is passing fast. Linda, somebody out there today, uh, they, they just or maybe are having a hard day or life isn't going well for them right now, and, and they just need to hear a good word. Do you have a good word for someone out there today? Um, well, I do have one of my favorite lines. One of my favorite lines in uh, in the devotional is, you know, people get upset by what other people say. Um, if you don't want someone to get your goat, don't tell them where it's tied up. <laughs> I love that actually. Yeah, so just you know, think of something funny, you know, and just and remember what is eternal. You know, in the eternal scheme of things, you know, we're gonna be with our daddy in, in you know, in heaven. This right. is temporary. This life is temporary. There's a lot of stuff going on in this world, but this is temporary and it's not mm-hmm. gonna be our problem. You know, we're not right. going to be here. Right. So right. Enjoy you know, your day. We lose perspective of that, I think, sometimes. You know, this is really not, this is not home, and this is not all mm-hmm. there is. And someday, all yeah. of our strug- struggling and strife, and, you know, Tyson and I, a lot of times, will say just enough light for the step we're on. You know, uh, because sometimes we, or most of the time, we don't get to see the big picture. And so that yeah. is why, on a day-to-day basis, I really do love, um, I really do love just a book that I can sit down with, have a cup of coffee or a cup of tea, um, look at a devotional, read a scripture, and and just have it get me back on track. Sometimes I just, mm-hmm. the weight of the world or whatever's going on gets on you, and sometimes we just need to stop, which you're not good at. Sometimes the best thing you can do is get up from that desk and go do something else. Yeah, because we can get worked up, you know, and people people can be mean these days on social media and everything. They're just mean or ignorant, <laughs> you know, and say yeah. things that are just, you know, they wouldn't say it to your face, hopefully, right. but they'll say it right. when they, in a sneaky way, and that's not nice. And, um, you know, so we need something positive to launch our day and start yeah, off, you know, so we can I face it. Why, why would you say that? You know what I mean? It's like, why would you say that? You're not going to say that uh, to my face. So why would you say that here uh, in this forum? And it just kind of is, is graciousness uh, kind of has disappeared in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's because they can, you know, and yeah. I don't ever want to be one of those people. So, um, yeah. 
So I'm going to well, read my devotion. I, <laughs> she's going to read her devotional. We're going we're gonna to read um, your, your devotional. And um, I'm waiting, actually, my next guest is coming on. And I don't know if you know her. Her name's Donna L.H. Smith. I don't know if you know Donna. And no. I know a lot of you people know each other. And so uh, we're actually waiting on um, her to call in. Like I said, you know, I haven't done this in a while. And I'm a little rusty. Uh, uh, Linda, it's, it's you're doing great. I really have missed it so much, and um, I really have, I really love this because it feels very personal to me. You would think it wouldn't be personal, but it feels very personal to me. I feel like that these everybody's sitting at my table, and we're just having some coffee, and we're just talking about life and everything. And um, uh, actually, you know what? Donna's here, Linda, and Linda, let me just tell you, now, let me just tell you before you go, I appreciate so much you hopping on today and walking me through. You um, are always so kind to me, and and I so appreciate just your spirit and just your friendship, and I just want people to know that Linda is the real deal, and if you are looking for an amazing devotional, Biscuits, Butter, and Blessings is it, and it's available uh, via Dayspring greeting cards, wherever fine books are sold. And uh, Linda, thank you again so much for helping me today and just being with me. Thank you, Jeannie. I count you as, as my forever friend. Thank you Aww. so much. Have a great day. Aww. Okay, we'll talk to you soon. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay, we're now going to talk to my next guest, and I'm hoping she's here. Donna, are you here? I am. I am here. Hi. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Okay. For those of you that are just tuning in, this is Jeannie Wynn, and the, my podcast is called The Winter Circle, and this is just a, a basically, a, we talk to everybody. We talk to authors, and we talk to all kinds of people, and so I am so excited today, though, uh, to welcome my guest, Donna L.H. Smith, and I actually, Donna, am holding your book. Um and so excited about this. We're going to talk about this uh, more. Uh, I want to let people know that um, there's just a lot going on for Donna right now. She's had some things going on with her books. She's got some recognition going on. And in the spirit of full disclosure, I have to tell you that I am also working on her book. I'm a publicist, and I am working on Megan's Choice right now. So just want to let you all know, and I, I'm partial I'm partial to Donna uh, because I, I love her and I care about her and I, I care about um, her book. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Megan's Choice and what the book's about. Well, Megan's Choice is a Western. It's a historical romance Western. It is Christian. I wrote it for Christians and non-Christians, too, if they want to read it. It's set in my hometown in Kansas, only I fictionalized it. Um, It takes place in 1871. It's about a young woman named Megan Gallagher whose father does something very unusual. He thinks that she is not mature enough to get married, so he gives her an, an ultimatum. Well, she's 19, and she hasn't, you know, she likes to go spend money and do things that society <laughs> girls like to do in 1871, right. but but she hasn't learned how to take care of the house, and so he, he does something unusual for that time period. He gives her... He gives her an ultimatum to work for a year before she marries anybody. And she has just broken up with her almost fiancé who just, you know, busted up with her. And she's like, and then she gets that the next morning from her dad. And she's like, oh, my gosh, now what do I do? So she takes the first thing that comes to her, and that is to go teach eight children in a wild Kansas railroad town. So she goes from St. Louis to New Boston, Kansas, while Kansas Railroad Town, there are more saloons in that town and dance halls than there are businesses. <laughs> and so, but she's there to teach and tutor the eight children of the Santa Fe Railroad executives because the town of New Boston, like my hometown of Newton, Kansas, was established by the Santa Fe Railroad to be the railhead so the Texas cattlemen didn't have to bring up their cattle all the way up to Abilene, Kansas, which is what they had been doing. But because Newton was along the, the this area of land was ac- along the Chisholm Trail, and it had a sand creek, 
they thought, well, this looks like a nice little place we can have a town here. So they they established Newton, Kansas as the railhead for one year in 1871 before they moved it to Wichita the next year, which is the subject of my second and third books. <laughs> so, <laughs> which is, and we're going to talk, we are going to talk about them. Now, let me just tell you all that yeah. Donna is just the sweetest, prettiest thing you've ever seen. And I oh, think, you're sweet. I think, no, it's true. And I think, oh my gosh, but what's going on in her brain? To come up, to come I up wonder that myself through. sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know what's interesting? Um, with this particular book, Donna, you're getting some recognition for this book. You're getting, you've got some nominations. Tell people kind of some I do, of the I things do. that have been happening. Tell us, you know, some of the things that have been happening for Megan's Choice. It's really exciting. Absolutely. I, I entered three contests back in January. I entered the SALA contest of the Blue Ridge Mountain Christian Writers Conference, which took place in May, and it made the finals in the Western category. And I was excited about that. It's one of three. Though I didn't win that one, but it was just an honor. That's the best Megan's Choice has ever done in any contest. She's been in several, and she before she was published, she did something. You know, she was a semifinalist, but after she's published, I put her in three contests this year. And she made the finals of the Sela contest, which is exciting. And then at the beginning of July, I had also entered her into the Will Rogers Medallion Award. That is all mm-hmm. about Western. Yes. And, and, and I made the finals of that. Now, I don't know how I did yet. I won't find out until the end of October. But mm-hmm. there are four finalists in the, in the inspirational category, and Megan is one of them. So, So, you know what, I know that people, you know, when you're watching the Academy Awards every year, and they always go, it's just so great (laughs) to be nominated. I don't have to win. It is. so great. But you know what, if you look at how many books there are, it really is a coup to be nominated, isn't it? It is. It is very much... Uh, when you make the finals of that, because you, you enter, and who knows how many? I mean, I know that the Sailor Awards, they said they had a, just a flood of mm-hmm. people that entered that contest. Right. And they there had to be at least five entries in each category before they chose three finalists. So there were at least five in the, in, in the Western category, and, uh-huh. then, and I was one of three. Now, I don't know how many there were Bill Rogers. Um, there could have been, who knows, five or ten in the inspirational category. They can have up to five finalists for the Will Rogers. They give out three medals. They give out a gold, silver, bronze, and then two honorable mentions. So the, the best, I mean, the, the worst I could do is get an honorable mention certificate in fourth place. The best right. I could do is get a gold medal. So... Yeah, a couple of my well, friends. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I just think now. Now, when did you write your very? You remember when you published your very first book? Well, it just came out last year. So that was your so, first book. Uh, I always think you've written more. No, that's my first book. Yeah, that's my first novel. Yep, that's my first book. Yeah, which is really even more amazing. When you think about it, and um, yeah. so what do you what do you love about what do you love about uh, being a writer? What do you love about being an author? Well, I I love the stories because I'm a um, at least a half pantser, and and in writing terms, there's what are called plotters or outliners, uh-huh. and then oh, there yeah. are pantsers, plotters and outliners. Before they write one sentence have already taken like a stack of three by five notebook cards or something and written down the essence of every scene that they're going to have in a book. Now they can change them around, but before they even write their first sentence, they do that. Now, then you have somebody that's called a pantser who writes by the seat of their pants. They have a basic premise and they sit down and just whatever comes out, comes out. So Mm -hmm. I'm a little bit of both. Um, I, I'm probably 30% plotter and 70% pantser or 60-40 because I have to know what story I'm going to tell but how it gets there and then sometimes it does change along the way I know I just sent my second book off yesterday and there were some changes that happened along the way of what I originally thought was going to happen in that book so you never know 
But that's so, the fun um, part, and that's what I love about that, stories. Do you love the research part? I do love research, and I used to hate it. You know, when we were in school, we had to write term papers. Ew, ew, ew. But when you're researching something, I mean, you know, ick. I hated term papers when I was in school. The first research project I ever did that I loved was in graduate school back in 1977. Um, I had to do a 30-page term paper for Intro to Graduate Studies. It could be on anything. I was a media major, so it could be on anything. Well, guess what came out in 1977? Star Wars. Oh, And so oh, I yeah. had no trouble. I had no trouble coming out with 30 pages about Star Wars. Because <laughs> yeah. I could look at all the newspapers, all the magazines at the time. And, of course, I'd seen the movie about three times when it first came out. And so... I, that was the first time I loved research, and so when I researched uh, for the for my novel, I already had a, a basic knowledge of what had happened in my hometown, but mm-hmm. I had to research details, and that was fun. I I got to put a few of those in there, like the uh, the rail that they came that they made the railroad part the rails out of were from Wales. Oh, wow. like they, they imported them from Wales, and it was, it was kind of fun. And then I got to, you know, look up Victorian etiquette, you know, what, and, you know, and just, it was just, I just had a lot of fun with that, what what kinds of things that they were they would wear, and how, how they would say things, and yeah, I enjoyed that. Well, now, you know what, I'm one of those people that I really love, um, I really love background stories. Like, mm-hmm. like I'm, a, I'm a, that that annoying kind of person that watches a director's cut of a movie. Oh yeah, before Those are neat. I watch the actual. I love, I love like oh, yeah. how they do the costumes and how they figure out this and how they figure out that. So those railroad tie things, that was mm-hmm. a total fascination to me. You know, we're in a small town in Oklahoma of just 500 people. And mm-hmm. we have a train that goes through here, you know, and that mm-hmm. train just goes through obviously more than one time a day. And basically our town was established as a railroad town. Oh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. As many of them are. And so, you mm-hmm. know, it, I just think there's just um, so many bits and pieces of history. And what I always tell people about novelists, which, you know, we've, we really, uh, when we started doing publicity, we we actually were one of the few firms at the time that were even working with with novels because they didn't people didn't know what to do with them, and one of the mm. things I always said was, you know what, every not for one thing, novelists are amazing people because they really have to build a world from mm-hmm. the ground up, right? Um, even if you do it in an established city, you essentially mm-hmm. you essentially are still having to build a, an entire world. Um, mm-hmm. And the other thing is, every novel carries bits of truth in it. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, um, yeah, whether, I have a lot of fun. <laughs> whether it's based on a person, you know, um, mm-hmm. you you probably do see people and think, oh, I could base I could base a character on them, right? Well, I usually do composite characters unless they really are uh-huh. a real person. Like there are a couple of uh, real people. There are several real people in Megan's Choice. Um, the railroad executive guy, Bernard S. Fagan, really existed. And he was the head of the Kansas Expansion Project and um, at the time. And then the two guys that started the gunfights at the end, Billy Bailey and uh, guys McCluskey is his first, last name, they were really the instigators of the gun of, of a series of gunfights that really happened in 1871 in my hometown wow. that killed and wounded more people than at the OK Corral over a series wow. of like 10 days. Yeah, that that, that was that was the lot. idea that I got. Hmm. That's saying a lot. I mean, yeah, because there was yeah, there was more killings than that. Um, well, now, this yeah. Is, this is the first book in the series. Um, yes. And um, book one in the known, in, known by heart. And actually, mm-hmm. uh, Donna, can you stay with me a little bit longer today? Do you have, do you have about 15 more minutes? Can you stay with us? Oh, 
Oh, absolutely. I've got all the time in the world. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so this is book one. Um, and, and like I said, it's in, in it's it's known by in the, actually, the known by that. heart. Known by yes. heart series, yes. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, this is book one, and there'll be two more books in this series? Is that what you at, Yeah, at least. Yeah, at least. Oh, maybe we'll more. I mean, <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. <laughs> Depends yeah. on how they all flow out, you know. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, what do you, uh, like when you're laying all of this out, do you lay out like books one through three? Or do you, in order to keep the continuity, do you work oh, at yeah. one? I mean, mm-hmm. I know that I know you have to sort of lay them all out in order to keep everything um, kind of the ducks in a row because you have to do that with characters. Right, right. I I basically know who my I start with who my POV my point of view characters are. Like in Megan's Choice, there are three. There's Megan, there's Duncan, and there's Scott. And in the second book, I have three POV characters at a time. But in the whole book, there will be four. One doesn't. One kind of takes over for another one later on in the second book and I just finished that one. So the third one I haven't started yet and I probably won't get to it until November because I'm a busy chickie and I have all kinds of things going on. And I'm trying to keep but, you busier. Uh, I'm trying to keep you busy. Oh, and there. that it is wonderful and I love that. But yeah, I have a lot of <laughs> workshops I'm going to be teaching soon and yeah. great fun. So having yeah. lots of fun with it. <laughs> well, now in this particular um, series and, and actually let's talk about Megan's choice in particular. Do you have I know that there's always the primary characters, but, you know, sometimes I'm really drawn to a secondary character in a book. Are you, do you have any secondary characters in that book that you're really drawn to and really was a character that's special to you? Well, I had a lot of fun with Jackson. He's the Mm. ex-slave. And I based his story. It was interesting because I was doing research and there ended up being this story of, uh, of a Jack, a guy named Jackson, who was an ex-slave, who had come up on the Underground Railroad from Virginia, and I read his story, and I'd already decided to call the guy Jackson. And then I read this story, oh, wow. and I said, "Hey, I could put his little story in here of how he escaped on the Underground Railroad from this lady who evidently got dementia or or something when she got older, and started mistreating him horribly." And even she'd been really nice to him when she'd acquired him, but then he, you know, the older she got, the crankier that she got until he was, she was abusing him all the time. And she just, you know, he couldn't stand it anymore. So he came up on the Underground Railroad through Philadelphia and ended up, I think, in the Harrisburg area <laughs> of Pennsylvania, which is where I live in Lancaster County area. Right. So. <laughs> right. So does everybody think that you, does everybody say, oh, you should write Amish? You know, you're in that oh, area. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's okay. No, you know what? Different strokes for di- no, sh- no, folks. I mean, it's different strokes for different folks. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, person- I, I, yeah. I, I'm not a fan of Amish. I live around them. I see how I see them as they really are. Right. Some of them are wonderful people. Some of right. them are not wonderful people. Yeah. And well, you know, what? I think you know just feeling. like all of us. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> What I Most love of about, those kinds of yeah. Go ahead. What I love about the the book, I'm actually like I said, I've got Megan's Choice in my hand, and in the front of the book, you say, "I dedicate this story to the author of all stories who gave me mm-hmm. this idea and the perseverance to see it through." Thank you, Lord. Yes. I give you all the glory. What role does faith play yes. in your writing journey? What role does faith play? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Everything, 100%. I mean, I asked for a novel idea, and the phrase gunfight at Hyde Park came to mind. I said, oh, now I know that had to do with my town history, so that's when I Googled it, found that out. But then it was, and I got that idea in 2012, and then it took me uh, five and a half years before the book actually came out. It went through a lot of revisions and changes, which things always do. But I have rejection issues since before I was born. Mm-hmm. I was adopted, and I have that personality that was just – I didn't even yeah. know what it was. For many, right. many years, I, I knew something affected me. I had trouble. I was shy. 
you know, I couldn't communicate well sometimes with certain people. And then I thought when I just made a decision in 2014 to go writing full time, I said, am I crazy? My goodness, I have rejection issues. Yes, I'm pretty well healed of those things, but I'm going to get more rejections. Can I even handle it? Well, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, if I had, well, I the perseverance to see it through, especially two strange and weird ones that people can read about on my website if they want to, but mm-hmm. <laughs> which are just the strangest things. But you know, but we all get some strange things sometimes. So it was strange for me. Yeah. But yeah. God just gave me the perseverance to see it through. Yeah, and it does take. You know what? Writing a book and getting it published, it does take perseverance, doesn't it? It does. It does. And especially when this is your first project. And and that's what I love to do about, I love to work with new writers and beginning writers because you come and you're so enthusiastic and you're so excited about your project. And then you realize you're going to have to take criticism, rejection, and you just, but you think you have just, you know, and you get, Sometimes you can get prideful and you can just say, but God told me to write it this way. Right. Well, right. you can't deal with somebody like that. They're going to have a hard time if they get it, if they're like that, because we, it's almost like it does take a team of people to help get a book out, to, to be around an author, to not only pray for them, but, you know, people who are a little bit further along with them or at least mm-hmm. on the same level as them to help mm-hmm. help them edit and critique the the story, the book and all that. So and then it can get published. And that's the fun part, trying to find the right publisher, trying to find a publisher that will do it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's just it it's interesting how mine actually finally got done. But <laughs> Well and I think that what what I love is um is that you uh, really do support writers in what you do by speaking at workshops and oh, yes. um, you know I think you're part of a group that actually supports writers and you know I, you just do a lot of things that are just it isn't all about you is it no it's it's about doing what I it's using our gifts for God I was just uh, at Greater Philly a month ago and I was doing a a series of workshops for new writers and I was I had so much fun encouraging them to seek out the way you know we God gives us this gift to write and it's our worship to give it back to him in what we write and how we write but writing doesn't just come you have to learn the craft of it right so that's the that's what I love to do is to teach the craft and to encourage others in, in their writing journey, too, that are not as far along as I am. You know, I always tell, um, you know, because I also do um, writing conferences uh, and, and things, and I, I always tell them, you know, you really, you know, if you get, if you get easy to get lost in a, kind of everything you have to do for a book, you really do have to keep working on your craft. Because mm-hmm. I know as a publicist, the best foundation I have uh, for promoting a book is a well-written book. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so I always encourage them to try not to, you know, it's really hard because, you know, there's all this, a lot of talk about, obviously, social media platforms and, and all these. Oh, yes. But you, mm-hmm. you need to work on your craft of writing, too. And Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You need to keep connected you know, I just, one of the questions I just um, talked about with, or just talked about with Linda Kosar was the, the tremendous support that people in the writing community often give each other that no one ever knows about. Well, it's basically the Christian writing community. In the secular writing community, it's, it's the competition is, is there. And mm. I, because I know some Christian writers that have interacted with secular writers and they say, it's it, they don't get the same support as Christian writers, but yeah, it's I mean, one of my best friends, it, that I just made last fall, 
is in the same was in the same genre. I think she's changing genres now, but was in uh-huh. the same genre as I was. We were both finalists for Sela. Neither one of us won, but oh. we were just so <laughs> thrilled for each other. You know, well, I hope you win. Well, I hope you win. If I can't win, I hope you win. Kind of thing. You know, right. it's like right. We're just we're supportive of each other. I've never had that in anything else I've ever done before, and it's because well, our it's, foundation is in Christ. Sure, and I think about that because, um, and you know. Let's be honest. There's some comp- competition going on. I know there is. It's human nature. Oh, yeah. It just, it just oh, is. Sure. But I, but um, I know that one of my roles at the ACFW Carol Awards is I take pictures, and I run oh, those yeah. pictures over to my husband, and he downloads them onto the live blog. And so I come out, and I take pictures, and then I also do a lot of. Um, I don't. I'm not the official. Uh, ACFW photographer, thank goodness that's the wonderful Emily Hendricks that does that. But I do mm-hmm. uh, pictures that then get sent to him to go online because I have to do them really fast. And there's just such an amazing feeling in that room of oh yeah, <laughs> there's a whole lot of camaraderie in that room. Oh yeah, because we all support each other, even if even though we might be up for the same award as somebody, and we might not win, but our but we know the person that does that did win, and we we're just thankful for them. You know that that's where you your humility comes in. Your God keeps you humble, and just that's where you really are truly thankful that you did make the finals in that contest. Because and yeah, you know. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, you know that your friends are up with you in for the same award, and you truly, you know, when you die to yourself and you do what you what God wants you to do, you can truly learn to be happy for them if you don't win. And if neither right. one of you win, like neither neither she nor I won this last one, I hadn't even met or even knew or heard of the the lady that won our our category. But I've heard of her now, but I hadn't yeah. heard of her then. So, and of course, I don't know anybody in the Will Rogers uh, finals at all. There aren't anybody I know. But right. I just, you know, whoever wins, whatever I win, I know that I'm guaranteed a certificate <laughs> of honorable sure. mention. But I'm. Yeah. But if I got a medal, that would just, I would just say thank you, Jesus, praise be, the yeah. Lord. You know, that would be wonderful exactly. too. But you know, I think what it's for many of these people sitting in that room. It's years and years of work. Oh, it is. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's oh, like yeah. it's, it's a culmination of many years of work, many years mm-hmm. of of being. Um, a lot of them go to a lot of writers' conferences, or and you know they, you know they takes a while sometimes to get an agent or to mm-hmm. uh, publish, or you know. So I. I yep. always just love the feeling of that room. Sometimes I just yeah. stand there and I just kind of watch people and how they interact with each other. And and, mm-hmm. and when someone wins, how excited their people are for them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We scream bloody murder. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> you know? I mean, there was one particular <laughs> author that kind of cleaned up at the Carol Awards last year. And I was like, and I know her. And she's a dear lady. And I was like, all right. You know? <laughs> But then there was another author that didn't that didn't win in her finals. She didn't win a Carol. She's won Carols before, but she did last year. And I thought, oh well, bless her heart. You know, you know who won? They won that one. But you know, bless her heart. You know, you just you're thankful at that time. But you know, for everybody that it is, it is a magical because everybody supports everyone. It's amazing. Never had that before in my whole life. I know, and it, it it feels really amazing. Okay, let's talk about amazing. Amazing is this book, Megan's Choice, a known-by-heart novel, which is first in a series. Tell folks where they can get this book, Donna. Amazon. Amazon. <laughs> That's where yeah. you can get it, Amazon.com, yeah. yeah and it's, Donna it's available, Smith. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and uh, they have... They have it available, um, and you can pick up a copy. And it's, it's also available on Kindle too, right? Yes, it's Kindle and paperback. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And the publisher is Heartline Literary Agency through Heartline Amazon Literary White Glove, Agency, which is awesome. Through Amazon White Glove, technically Amazon White Glove is the publisher. Yes. 
Absolutely. But it's published in conjunction with Heartline Literary Heartline. Agency, as it says. <laughs> Donna, any last word today that you could oh, maybe golly. say to encourage somebody who's out there and they're wanting to write a book? Oh, gosh. Learn the craft persevere, just keep at it. When I was a younger writer, people would say, keep writing, and that drove me crazy. So I say, keep at it, because you never know what God's going to do. You never know what door is your next door that you're going to go through. So absolutely, keep at it. Learn the craft. Just keep trying. (laughs) Donna, thanks so much for joining us. Everybody, Thanks so much for coming to the Winter Circle with me today. The book is Thank Making you. Choice by Donna L.H. Smith. Donna, have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too, Jean. Thank you very much.